the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Folks, welcome to the Eric Metaxas Show, sponsored by Legacy Precious Metals. There's never been a better time to invest in precious metals. Visit LegacyPMInvestments.com. That's LegacyPMInvestments.com. Welcome to the Eric Metaxas Show. We'll get you from point A to point B. But if you're looking for point C, well, buddy, you're on your own. But if you'll wait right here, in just about two minutes, the bus to point C will be coming right by. And now, here's your Ralph Cramden of the Airways, Eric Metaxas! Hey there, folks. Happy Valentine's Day. More importantly... Happy Ash Wednesday. But you don't say Happy Ash Wednesday, do you? Well, um, I, uh, I'm going to be doing an update on what's going on in Israel with uh, an official spokesperson for Prime Minister Netanyahu in just a moment. Uh, and, uh, but right now, I have the privilege of having as my guest in this segment uh, Bishop Joseph Strickland, Bishop Strickland, really uh, an honor to have you. Thanks for being my guest today. Thank you, Eric. It's an honor to be here. Um, You know, I didn't plan to have you on Ash Wednesday as I was coming in here today, uh, trying to get a cab on Park Avenue in Manhattan, seeing people with the ashes on their foreheads. And I thought, my goodness, uh, what a a day, uh, what a... What a moment we're in as the American church. Uh, The reason, of course, um, that I have you on today is because it was brought to my attention uh, a day or so ago that you had uh, on Twitter promoted my book, Letter to the American Church. And I have to say up front, you know, when when I wrote Letter to the American Church, I was thinking this is a book for anyone who calls himself a Christian. doesn't matter what stripe of Christian, uh, Eastern Orthodox, Catholic, whatever stripe, infinite stripes of the Protestant uh, church. Um, but it was particularly heartening to me because you have been, uh, if I can embarrass you, you've been a hero uh, within the Catholic church, someone that I uh, and, and many uh, that I value have admired. So to see you uh, promoting um, the message that I hope God gave me, it's not my message, in Letter to the American Church, it just, it meant a lot to me, and I'm, I'm grateful for that and grateful that you'd be with us uh, this morning. So thank you very much. Thank you, Eric. Um, frankly, your letter meant a lot to me. I think it's a, a critical wake-up call for, as you said, all who know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, as God's divine Son, who is our Savior. And I think we need to emphasize that, but we need to live that truth as well. It's interesting because, um, you know, anybody who is really going to adhere 
to what the Scripture says and who's going to try to be a faithful Christian uh, is going to be persecuted. There's no way around it, uh, oftentimes from within the church itself. That's always been the case, right? Jesus was, uh, uh, of course, uh, most persecuted by the most religious people of his day. And that's part of what the theme is, not just of my book, Letter to the American Church, but the theme of Scripture, that the people of God uh, persecute the people of God. You, uh, Bishop Strickland, I I don't know if you can comment on it, but I've just been astonished at how poorly you've been treated uh, for your faithful, brave voice in the midst of everything that is happening. I don't know if you're, you're able to talk about that or what you're able to say. Sure, Eric. Um, what I would say is, yes, it, it saddens me for the church, but I have to say that I truly believe it is the Lord's will for me for whatever reason, and it's truly an honor, really, to be one who is in this chapter, and there are many chapters, as we know, in the Bible and in the church since the time of Christ, many chapters like the one we're living through. And I have to say it's an honor to be labeled as one who stands for the sacredness of Scripture, the truth that doesn't change, and the world. And sadly, many in the church don't want that right now. But this will pass as every dark chapter has passed. We have to stay in the light of Christ. So, yes, my life has... uh, been significantly disrupted, and I think there is injustice there, but I really focus on what my call is to, to, to speak to the American church and really the church worldwide. Um, as you are talking about the terrible conflict that's going on in the Holy Land at this time, this is a critical moment, and we need to awaken to live the truth more deeply, more vibrantly, more boldly. All of us. It's not just you or me, but it's really all who believe in Jesus Christ. So I'm honored to, for whatever reason, uh, a kid, I grew up 100 miles from where I'm sitting right now in East Texas. And for whatever reason, you know, God called David. He calls the the insignificant little ones to be a voice. And it's an honor. It's not easy. I certainly make mistakes sometimes, but I just keep going back to the truth of Christ. And that's what I encourage all of us to do. Look to Christ in the scripture and in his model of life, the way he lived, what he said. It's not going to change. He's truth incarnate. Well, uh, thank you for putting it that way. It's exactly right, of course. And there will always be a holy remnant. There will always be those uh, within the church who are essentially the true church. And there are going to be many that say, well, I'm part of the church. I was baptized or, oh, I believe. And, but they're not faithful to the teaching. Or sometimes, uh, as in the case of many leaders today within the church, um, they're, they're not only not faithful to the teaching, but they're advocating uh, heretical thinking, actually pushing heretical thinking so that the faithful are confused, so that the faithful are looking around and thinking, these, these messages are, are, are confusing. What am I to believe? And that alone is diabolical. And so 
part of uh, what I hope to do in Letter to the American Church is speak to those who uh, are, are a little bit on the fence and thinking, should I take a stand? Should I speak up? Should I get, quote unquote, political? Uh, because these issues to me seem like moral issues, but I've, I've gotten this memo, maybe I'm not supposed to be political. And of course, that's absolute nonsense. We're, we're supposed to advocate for the truth. And if you're a Christian, you have no excuse because you claim to believe that Jesus defeated death on the cross. Uh, and so you're free to speak the truth uh, and you're not worried about what's going to happen. You rejoice, really, uh, to be able to speak the truth, to rejoice uh, even when, uh, obviously, the, there's the, the, the famous scripture about when, when these things happen to you, rejoice. And so uh, you really have been persecuted for your faithfulness, and uh, so many that I know uh, have been persecuted in one way or another for their faithfulness. And you think, what a beautiful thing to be persecuted for your faithfulness, for it to be attacked not for going wrong, as, as many have, but for going right, uh, for standing up. And so I just, uh, as I say, I want to thank you. You're, you've been one of those voices along with uh, uh, Archbishop uh, Vigano. He is an archbishop. Am I getting that right? Correct. Uh, and others who have really been so brave within the Catholic Church, uh, standing up in the midst of a, a kind of a madness and confusion. Um, and so it, 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 means, it means a lot to me. And, I, and, and thanks for giving me the opportunity to reiterate that um, when I wrote Letter to the American Church, which of course is now a film, and I'm, I'm hoping that people will go to lettertotheamericanchurch.com to see the film uh, or to get it. I should say this, to get a free screening in any church in America, around the world, that wants a free screening of Letter to the American Church, obviously that includes Catholic churches. Uh, it will be our delight to to let you have a free screening uh, of Letter to the American Church. But, but it's important for me to just to reiterate that this is for Eastern Orthodox churches. This is for Roman Catholic churches. This is for any church, for anyone that says, we call on the name uh, of Jesus. So, Bishop Strickland, uh, this has been brief, but just a joy to meet you uh, in this way. We'll have you back because I want a larger conversation on what's happening in the church, but I just appreciate your support for Letter to the American Church uh, and look forward to having you back again very soon. God bless you, sir. Thanks. God bless you, Eric, and blessed Ash Wednesday. For 10 years, Patriot Mobile has been America's only Christian conservative wireless provider. And when I say only, trust me, they're the only one. Glenn and the team have been great supporters of this show, which is why I am proud to partner with them. Patriot Mobile offers dependable nationwide coverage, giving you the ability to access all three major networks, which means you get the same coverage you've been accustomed to without funding the left. When you switch to Patriot Mobile, you're sending the message that you support free speech, religious freedom, the sanctity of life, Second Amendment, and our military, veterans, and first responder heroes. Their 100% U.S.-based customer service team makes switching easy. Keep your number, keep your phone, or upgrade. Their team will help you find the best plan for your needs. Just go to patriotmobile.com slash metaxas, patriotmobile.com slash metaxas, or call 972-PATRIOT, 972-PATRIOT. Get free activation when you use the offer code metaxas. Join me. Make the switch today. That's patriotmobile.com slash metaxas. Legacy Precious Metals has a revolutionary new online platform that allows you to invest in real gold and silver online. 
In a few easy steps, you can open an account online, select your metals of choice, and choose to have them stored in a vault or shipped to your door. You have access to a dashboard where you can track your portfolio growth in real time, anytime. You'll see transparent pricing on each coin and bar. This puts you in complete control of your money. The platform is free to sign up for. Visit LegacyPMInvestments.com and open your account and see this new investing platform for yourself. Gold hedges against inflation and against the volatile stock market. A true diversified portfolio isn't just more stocks and bonds, but different asset classes. This new platform allows you to make investments in gold and silver, no matter how small or large, with a few clicks. Visit LegacyPMInvestments.com to get started. You're going to love this free new tool they've added, Legacy pminvestments.com legacypminvestments.com check it out hi everyone if you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault listen up we have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth Call 800-702-5400. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in, anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-702-5400. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-702-5400. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. Well, you wonder why I always dress in black. Welcome back, folks. I hardly need to tell you uh, that the whole world is focused on what is happening in Israel, what has been happening in Israel, what has happened in Israel. Uh, and we have right now, uh, as my guest, a friend, Johnny Moore. Uh, he's the president of the Congress of Christian Leaders. He has just been in Israel. Johnny Moore, welcome. Thanks, Eric. Great to see you. So you were just there. What can you tell us? Because it's, uh, it's tough. It's tough to fathom what is going on there. Uh, I just saw uh, Prime Minister Netanyahu uh, on TV the other day talking about uh, trying to, um, you know, wipe out Hamas, these wicked, sadistic terrorists, uh, trying to balance that with, you know, uh, how do we avoid uh, killing Palestinian civilians? How do we get hostages back? It just seems to be the worst kind of scenario. What, What is your sense of where things are? Look, I, I will tell you, that whatever you know about the situation on October 7th, my experience going and meeting with the victims, meeting with the, the survivors, uh, the family members of hostages, the situation is much, much worse than anything that you've seen. A lot of people have seen this 47 minute video that it's all worse. This is the single worst massacre of the Jewish people since the Holocaust. It is the most dangerous situation that we've lived in, maybe in our in our modern modern life. And Israel has to win this war. They're not just fighting for us, uh, for, for themselves. They're also fighting for us. I mean, this is a, a resurgence of, of Islamist terrorism that's coming directly from Tehran. 
and the and the whole point of everything is to is to break apart everything that we know and that we love and and uh, it's important for Christians to stand with Israel. We know that, uh, but this is far far bigger than October seventh or this war against against Hamas. It, it, this is literally about the future for all of us. Where do you think things stand right now? Because you know you get conflicting reports. It's it's hard to know how to how does one uh, you know prosecute a war with with the. Uh, Israeli defense forces where there are hostages being held by, you know, these sadistic uh, uh, members of Hamas. They are sadistic, cruel, sick people. This is not the Geneva Convention uh, that we're dealing with here. Uh, This is not the Marcus of Queensbury rules. These are really sadistic monsters. I don't know how else, you know, if you saw a little bit of what happened on October 7th, people have to know this. Uh, how do you how do you deal with those kind of people? I just I can't even begin to imagine. You have you have to you have to win the war. And by the way, Israel is winning the war. I mean, you, you wouldn't know it from the press, but uh, Israel is very very close to finishing all of this. They've eliminated all of the almost all of the Hamas um, uh, battalions. Uh, but but the problem now is the world is trying to stop Israel when Israel is on the on the one yard line of finishing the job, and and the the. The duplicity of the world is just—it's just unbelievable. I mean, they're—they're—you know—Israel is—is—as from the very beginning of this war. I mean, they've been doing things that are tactically foolish for an army. They're warning people about where they're going, what they're doing. They're doing humanitarian pauses. They're dropping flyers from the sky. They're telling people where to go to avoid uh, to avoid the attacks. Uh, yet Hamas keeps pushing the people out in front. And the other side of it is the United States has allies uh, that that should be doing more, you know, chief of which is uh, is is the state of Qatar. I mean, we have our largest military presence in the whole of the Middle East in the state of Qatar. And while we're talking right now, just a few hours ago, the Iranian foreign minister arrived in Doha, was welcomed by the Qataris to meet with the head of Hamas, Ismail Hanaya, in Doha, Qatar. Like, this is the place where our largest military presence is in the Middle East. And and then right after that meeting, the foreign minister of Iran sat down and met with the, with the foreign minister of, of of Qatar. So it's not just what Israel is doing; it's what the United States what the United States is doing. And and the most recent um, hostage rescues. You know, Israel just rescued a couple of hostages. It's it's interesting that they rescued them in a city called Rafah. This is the city that the whole world is trying to keep Israel from from uh, advancing their war into. And these two elderly men who were hostages were being held in plain sight on the second floor of a public building. They weren't even in tunnels. You can't tell me that the people in Doha didn't know that they were there, that, that Hamas couldn't have given up those people if enough pressure was put on them. And so, you know, it, it's it's not just what's happening over there. It's what's happening happening here. It's a good thing, for instance, that Texas A&M just ended its relationship uh, with the with the folks, the folks in Qatar, um, because because we have we have allowed in the last couple of years, uh, unfortunately, through United States foreign policy, we have allowed uh, the percolation of terrorism in the Middle East. Uh, you know, Iran almost had lost all of its cash reserves. They've received $100 billion uh, in the last three and a half years. And almost all of that money is going to these proxies, Hezbollah, the Houthis, Hamas, um, Palestinian Islamic Jihad, all, all of And by the way, they have two dozen other groups all around the world you've never heard. Johnny, uh, it's hard for me to even hear this. Um, you know, when you see evil. And when I say evil, I'm thinking about Joe Biden. This administration is giving money to people. You just mentioned it, Iran. It is being funneled 
to sadistic human beings. This is not humanitarian aid. How is it possible? How is it possible that the tax dollars, money that we pay, you and me and our friends and our relatives, we pay money uh, to the U.S. government and that the U.S. government could conceivably be using it for this kind of thing? Is it simple naivete, wrongheadedness? Uh, because it seems to me that at some point, naivete, it, it, it's, it's on the border of evil. In other words, even if you're not intending to do sick, evil things, by being naive, when you have the, the position of president of the United States, when you have these people setting foreign policy and spending billions of taxpayer dollars, you have a responsibility. It, it, just, it, it simply boggles my mind, and I have to look away because it's just too painful to consider. Well, look, I mean, if you, if you don't believe in good and evil and you don't believe that some things are right and some things are wrong, then you're willing to negotiate with the other side, whatever they do. It, it comes down to expediency. And, and uh, we, we definitely have people in the Department of State. We have people in the Department of Defense. By the way, we also have sort of libertarian Republicans you know, as well who have, who have embraced this very um, uh, – this, this – um, this this view of expediency where you can pay off the bad guys and somehow the bad guys will stop what they're doing. And and the truth is, as Christians, you know, part of our responsibility, and, and by the way, as evangelicals, there's 700 million of us around the world, is that is that we are to be part of the moral compass in the world. And we are to say publicly, there is right and there is wrong. There is good and there is evil. There are no both sides in this in this conflict. And what we have seen, as you and I are talking, we are closer to a third world war than at any time in our life. And aside from the from the war that's percolating and in, 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 in Eastern Europe between Russia and Ukraine, what's happening in, uh, between Israel and Hamas and Gaza, people aren't even paying attention to the fact in the western part of Africa we have a piecemeal caliphate that has formed amidst 250 million people, where every single day people are being killed by by jihadists. We have Sudan, which which had moved in the direction of peace with Israel. It was a stabilizing country. It was a country that had gotten rid of the terrorists. We now have 17 million displaced people in Sudan. We've had a half dozen coups across the center center of of Africa. You are living right now in the most dangerous time since World War II, and it comes down to leadership and the ability to see right and wrong and good and evil. It's not that the United States of America is less strong. We, In fact, we're more strong than we were a few years ago. We're economically more powerful by an order of magnitude even uh, than, than we were against China, you know, 18 months ago. The Chinese co- economy is collapsing. The U.S. Is, has, has, uh, has stabilized because, you know, for, for, for lots, of, lots of reasons that no individual administration receives credit for it. It's because we're the United States of America. We aren't less any less powerful. We're just choosing to be weak. And I don't know how much longer we can keep the genie in, in the bottle because history tells us if we don't learn the lessons of the past, uh, we, will re- we will repeat them. And we are dangerously, dangerously close to repeating lessons that we don't want to repeat. And, it, and by the way, it begins with Tehran. It begins with not recognizing that what happens in the Islamic Republic of Iran, that what those ayatollahs are doing is they aim to not only eliminate Israel, the Houthis that say death to America and death to Israel, they want to destroy the entire world. They're the ones with this Uh, apocalyptic vision. It's wrong. 
You don't make deals with these people. Well, you you know, you know, I wrote a book called Letter to the American Church, and it's now out as a film, Letter to the American Church. And part of it is that this idea that those of us who love Jesus and are Christians shouldn't be political, it is not a biblical idea. Right behind you is a picture of Abraham Lincoln. Imagine in 1860 saying, you know what, I'm a Christian, so I'm neutral on slavery. I'm neutral on whether you should try to elect Lincoln to the presidency. I don't want to go there. You think how preposterous that is. And, and the evil that is being perpetrated in the world today is because of an administration that doesn't get it. And so that's why I say to people, I don't care what you think of Donald Trump. If you don't elect him, the blood is going to be on your hands. You can think that you've taken a nice neutral religious position, but you have a responsibility before God to choose wisely, if not for yourself, for others who are going to be impacted. Johnny Moore, thank you for your time. Tell me why Relief Factor is so successful at lowering or eliminating pain. I'm often asked that question just the other night. I was asked that question. Well, the owners of Relief Factor tell me they believe our bodies were designed to heal. That's right, designed to heal, and I agree with them. And the doctors who formulated Relief Factor for them selected the four best ingredients, yes, 100% drug-free ingredients, and each one of them helps your body deal with inflammation. Each of the four ingredients deals with inflammation from a different metabolic pathway. That's the point. So approaching from four different angles may be why so many people find such wonderful relief. If you've got back pain, shoulder, neck, hip, knee, or foot pain from exercise or just getting older, you should order the three-week quick start discounted to only $19.95 to see if it'll work for you. It has worked for about 70% of the half a million people who've tried it and have ordered more. I'm one of them. Go to relieffactor.com or call 800 for relief to find out about this offer. Feel the difference. How do you feel? Well, I feel great. One of the reasons I believe I feel better is because I take Balance of Nature's fruits and veggies in a capsule. They've got an amazing story of how this product was developed by Dr. Douglas Howard. It's right there on their website. Balance of Nature receives over a thousand success stories every single month. They have hundreds of thousands of customers Customers who've purchased billions of capsules of their fruits and veggies over the past 20 years. You should check it all out on their website. Their products are gluten-free and non-GMO, and they contain no added sugars or synthetics. I think if you're looking for something to make you feel better naturally, you should definitely give Balance of Nature a try. In fact, order today. Whether you order online or call them direct, you must use the promo code ERIC to get the special offer of 35% off. Call them at 800 2468 751 and use discount code Eric or order online at balanceofnature.com. Use discount code Eric to get 35% off. Again, the number 800 2468 751. Use discount code Eric or balanceofnature.com. Welcome, folks. Uh, I want to continue talking about what's going on in Israel. I have right now as my guest, uh, Tal Heinrich, who has been in Israel, who is now a spokesperson for the Israeli Prime Minister uh, Netanyahu, but whom I know from TBN because you and I have used the same studio here uh, at TBN. So before I ask you about how you go from working here in New York for TBN to being uh, a spokesperson for uh, the Israeli prime minister. Let me ask you, first of all, uh, what updates do we have right now 
on the hostages. This is it weighs heavy on the hearts of of. Uh, many, many of us here in the United States and around the world. Of course. My pleasure to be joining you here in studio, Eric. Uh, I think we'll begin with the the good information. As of lately, as you know, um, just a few days ago, there was a successful rescue operation in Gaza in which our special forces went in and... um, and, and two of the hostages, um, Fernando and Luis, uh, 60 and 70 year old men uh, who were being held in a civilian structure in Rafah, were rescued. And it was a successful operation, very precise. It was a complex operation, um, but now they're reunited with their families. And just seeing these images of them returning after more than four months of being held in captivity by these brutal terrorists who uh, butchered their communities, raped their communities. Um, You know, uh, some of their family members were also being held hostage up until uh, not so long ago. Um, It's really heartwarming. And these images of them really touched everyone's hearts in Israel. It's obvious that they still have a very long way to go coping with the mental and physical trauma. Um, But this is really heartwarming. Of course, our mission is to uh, bring back all of our stolen people. We still have 134 other hostages in Gaza. Um, The IDF has informed the family of 31 of them that they are presumed to be uh, no longer alive. Um, We have a moral duty to them to their families, to bring each and every one of them home. And we keep reminding the, the international community, because it's in Israel it's an obvious thing, that the number one humanitarian issue in Gaza is the plight of our hostages. It should be at the forefront of every a global discussion about this war. You're not going to get any argument from me. I, it's, it's unfathomable to me that uh, there would be anything that would uh, be in front of that. Um, now, Prime Minister Netanyahu said that he will not stop. Uh, Israel will not stop until they achieve what he calls full uh, victory. And of course, we have to ask, what does he mean by that? So we have set three different goals, uh, missions for this war, a war that we didn't start and didn't want with Hamas, as you know, a war that we were dragged into following the October 7th massacre. One, of course, is to eliminate the Hamas terrorist regime. The second one is to bring all of our hostages back home. And the third one is to make sure that Gaza will never, ever pose a terror threat to us again. Um, now, if you're asking me if, if an accomplishment of all of these three goals means taking out each and every terrorist, I mean, it's a good question. But um, we mean uh, a total victory in terms of uh, dismantling Hamas as an organized war machine. And I'll give you an example. We we uh, managed to dismantle 18 out of their 20, 24 uh, operational battalions in, in Gaza. This means that most of their battalions are no longer operational. Yes, there are certain sporadic attacks, but they don't function with you know a, a, an organized uh, co- chain of command, so to say, uh, giving orders from one to the other. So uh, we need to achieve a total victory because uh, we don't want to leave Hamas in power, obviously. We don't want another October 7th massacre. That's just, uh, you know, unfathomable, as you say. Israelis will never agree to live next to this terror enclave again. And we will make sure that by the end of this war, they will not have the military capabilities, nor will they have the the motivation to hurt us as they did. Um. President Biden, and I put that in quotes because I'm one of those people that believes he stole the election from the American people, 
I think he's a wicked man, a foolish man. And an example of that is that recently he said that he thought Israel's attacks have been over the top. Why do you think, uh, apart from his innate wickedness, uh, why would somebody like President Biden say that he thinks that Israel has been over the top? Is this just pure PR to calm down the Marxist maniacs on his left? I, can't, I cannot imagine why he would publicly say something like this. So a, f- a few things to break down here. First, we appreciate the support that we've had so far f- since the outset of this war coming from the United States, if it's the White House, the U.S. Congress, and, of course, the American people. Um, we all want the same things at the end of the day. We want to make sure that Hamas is eliminated, that the hostages come back home. And while we do that, we also want to see the minimized civilian suffering and civilian casualties in Gaza. Now, I'm not sure in what context exactly uh, that President Biden... Uh, mentioned this. However, um, if if you're asking me, you know, if it's a question of, of proportionality, I think your viewers, your listeners should should know that proportionality in armed conflict, it's not a tit for tat. It means doing what it takes to achieve a legitimate military objective. And as I stated before, our goals are very legitimate, are very justified. And it's important to remember that they were justified on October 8th, as they are justified today, and they will remain justified until we accomplish them. We don't have another choice. Well, look, this is why I speak so strongly and why I I think that uh, the the man in the White House uh, is out of his depth uh, and uh, is making common cause with... uh, with wicked forces, when he would say something like that. It's unbelievable to me that he said that. Um, We'll be back. We've got much more uh, ahead talking to Tal Heinrich about uh, what is happening in Israel. Hey, this is Eric Metaxas. For years, I've told you about Nutramedics, a professional supplement brand trusted by doctors since 1993. Nutramedics offers a variety of health bundles. Whether you want to support your immune system, improve your sleep, promote joint comfort or detoxification support, Nutramedics has a health bundle right for you. The best part about Nutramedics, every year they donate a minimum of 50% of their profits to Christian charities and missions. That's right, 50% of their profits. Nutramedics has a goal of surpassing $100 million in giving by 2030. Many of you take supplements already. Switch to Nutramedics. It's the highest quality and they donate 50% of their profits. Get 15% off by using the code ERIC. During checkout, go to Nutramedics.com and search health bundles support your health while helping others in need go to nutramedics that's n-u-t-r-a-m-e-d-i-x.com nutramedics.com use the code eric for 15 percent off again nutramedics n-u-t-r-a-m-e-d-i-x.com nutramedics.com use the code eric for 15 percent off mike lindell and my pillow employees want to thank my listeners for all your continued support to thank you they're having an overstock clearance sale right now for the best prices ever when you use promo code eric and you get free shipping for the entire order get 50 percent off the my pillow 2.0 and the brand new flannel sheets that just arrived and won't last long get six pack towel sets for only 29.98 and take advantage of the free shipping on larger items like mattresses and mattress toppers 100 made in the usa on sale for as low as 99.99 everything is on sale from the brand new kitchen towels that have the same technology as the bath towels that actually absorb dog beds blankets couch pillows and so much more to get the best specials ever go to mypillow.com use promo code eric Again, MyPillow.com. Use promo code ERIC. Remember, you get free shipping on your entire order. 
You can call 800-978-3057, 800-978-3057. Use promo code ERIC. Welcome back. Uh, I'm talking to Tal Heinrich uh, about what is happening in Israel. It's just so disturbing. I get emotional uh, talking about it. Um, I know you, Tal, from TBN. We're sitting here at the desk in the TBN studios here in New York, and you were uh, here uh, taping the Rosenberg Report, um, and we would bump into each other here uh, as I was taping my show. And then suddenly, October 7th happens, and you are working for Prime Minister Netanyahu. How, how did this come about? What, what happened exactly? So on October 7th, I, I got the phone call, and um, it was a no-brainer, obviously. Um, I now speak for my country between myself and my colleagues. If it's Elon Levy, Mark Regev, Avi Heyman, we've done, I think, hundreds of interviews, if not thousands, including daily briefings in, in, in the various languages. But um, the prime minister's office reached out, and um, I can tell you that it was – well. Once we knew of October 7th, uh, you know, the, the terrible events that unfolded and, and the scope and brutality of what happened there really came to light. I, I was following the news in Israel. It was a Friday night in, in, in the U.S. It was a Saturday morning, obviously, in Israel. And I can tell you, Eric, that I felt like, you know, I, I couldn't breathe. It was difficult to breathe. I was trying to inhale, but no oxygen came in. And I can tell you that once I took the first flight that left New York um, on that um, Saturday, I started breathing. And once the flight landed in Israel, it felt like, you know, you're doing something. You're part of a national effort. And I can tell you also that everyone is doing their part in Israel right now. It's not just me. It's not just the soldiers on the ground who are doing, you know, the, the most difficult work, obviously. But also that the civilian population, everyone is mobilized one way or another. And I've never seen anything like it in Israel before. People are helping families of, of you know, there are so many families of, of people who were evacuated from the north and the south. We're talking about more than 200,000 people. And, and wh- who were you, in a sense, so that uh, the, the prime minister, uh, Netanyahu, would, would have reached out to you? In other words, here you are living in the United States, you're an Israeli citizen. You know, give, give my audience a, a sense of, of who you are and how it was that you are, are in, invited to, to ask to come to help your, your country. Well, he, he knew my work. He knew my work in, also in, in Israel and um, also here. Um, I think that for this specific position, um, it, it, it takes, you know, you, you need to be able to, to speak English or a foreign language, not only Hebrew, um, and, and you need to be to be eloquent, to be consistent, to know how to stay on, on, on the right message. So I think it's a combination of, of things that led them to me. But you had not worked for oh, a prime minister no. before. No. You've been a journalist. Uh, yes, yes. And their thinking was that they needed journalists who were conversant in these issues to, be, to help us to get the message out. Indeed. Listen, uh, when you look at myself and my colleagues, for example, Mark Regev, who also gives a lot of interviews, um, he was a former ambassador to the UK. Um, Elon Levy was a spokesperson for President Herzog. He worked with me previously at a different news station at I-24 News, if you know it. So we all come from different paths, but we all 
have the same skill. So to get back to, uh, you know, the comments of the uh, current occupant of the White House that he thinks uh, Israel's uh, efforts have been, quote unquote, over the top. Um, I don't know what he means by that, uh, except um, my question is, practically speaking, what has Israel, just so my audience mm-hmm. understands, what, what has Israel been doing to reduce casualties in this war? And again, you know, in wars, it's such a funny thing that uh, Hamas is not worried about reducing casualties. Hamas doesn't care about its own people. In other words, they're, they're, they're putting forward their own people to die. Um, but Israel and the United States are expected to, uh, to operate by a different standard. And we do operate by a different standard because we actually have values. We believe in you know, the sanctity of life, even if it's life that's the enemy. We treat our prisoners of war uh, with dignity, which I'm sure Hamas does not. Um, but what is Israel doing uh, to reduce casualties? And Hamas knows that. Otherwise, they wouldn't have used these, you know, tactics of using civilians as human shields. By their actions, they admit to what you just said, that Israel cares more about Palestinian lives than them, the rulers. Now, Israel has been doing its utmost efforts to avoid um, civilian casualties and and to ease the civilian suffering in Gaza. Um, We have dropped millions of leaflets. We are telling the population there exactly where and when to evacuate before we operate in a certain area, which obviously takes out our element of surprise. But we don't want to see civilians getting caught in the crossfire. We've conducted thousands of phone calls to Palestinian civilians. We've facilitated a lot of humanitarian aid, if it's sheltering equipment, if it's medical aid, there's no limitation, no restriction on the amount of food, medical supplies and water that are able to uh, get inside the the Gaza Strip. In fact, we have access capacity to inspect those trucks coming in and the international aid organizations that are responsible for delivering and distributing this aid. They're not keeping up with our effort to inspect these trucks. Now, when, when you look at what Israel has achieved on the ground in, what, in, in, in terms of the scope and, and pace in which we're eliminating these terrorists and dismantling their terror infrastructure, and also uh, considering the humanitarian efforts that I've just mentioned and the civilian-to-combatant casualty ratio, when you take all of that, Eric, and you compare it with the conduct of the International Coalition to Defeat ISIS, for example, and their conduct in Mosul or Raqqa, the coalition that the United States was part of, you see... The numbers don't lie. The facts are there that Israel compares favorably in each and every one of these categories. Now, it's not just us saying it. It's not just Tal Heinrich or, you know, Prime Minister Netanyahu. It's uh, John Spencer, the the head of urban warfare at West Point. Well, this is, again, what we're we're dealing with uh, is an animus uh, toward uh, Israel. Uh, You see the same thing, an animus toward the United States. Basically, no matter what you do... People accuse you of doing the opposite, and somehow there's this innate sense that people have, I see it as sheer anti-Semitism, uh, to say, well, uh, there's truth to it. Even if the facts say this, I believe that they're not doing what they could, even though they're... I mean, it, it's irrational. When we come back, I want to ask you more about um, anti-Semitism, which we're seeing, unfortunately, uh, in our time. We'll be right back, talking to Tal Heinrich. 
There's always been a quiet place to harbor you and me. Welcome back. I'm talking to Tal Heinrich, uh, who is a spokesperson uh, for Prime Minister Netanyahu in Israel um, and who has been with TBN, still working with TBN and the Rosenberg Report, our friend Joel Rosenberg. I I just have to ask you about anti-Semitism because I grew up in a world, uh, you know, in the decades after World War II, where everybody knew what had happened in the Holocaust and in, in a sense, uh, anti-Semitism was 100% taboo uh, in any uh, culturally sophisticated precincts uh, in the United States. But recently that's changed. We saw one of the most scandalous things uh, that I've seen was to see uh, the now disgraced uh, plagiarist former president of Harvard unable to say that students on campus calling for the death of Jews violated their speech codes. Just a magnificently horrible moment for higher education, which, as far as I'm concerned, is dead in America. I mean, everyone knows this is Harvard, this is Yale, this is Princeton, and on down the line, they have no values, and there seems to be genuine anti-Semitism or or, uh, people covering for anti-Semitism. What do you what do you make of this? Because I have to say it's a staggering thing for me to see in my country. It is a staggering thing. And unfortunately, it's it's some kind of a trend, especially on college campuses. You see this um, intersection between anti-Semitism, jihadism, because some some of them are certainly some of these people who chant, you know, from the river to the sea and, and so forth are certainly apologists for the Hamas terrorist regime. They're not helping the Palestinian people by, by you know, saying these things, by uh, chanting their anti-Semitic slogans um, and, and also with the woke ideology. Um, these people, they don't have warm words for us, for Israel, but for the Jewish people, but they also don't have many good things to say about this country in, in many cases. Um, as you know, uh, it's, it's unfortunate that it's happening. It's uh, unbelievable that it's happening. To tell you that it surprises me, unfortunately, I, maybe the scope of it, but uh, not, not so much. Well, I mean, what, what fascinates me is that you would expect that there would be adults in the room. Hmm. You would expect that the president of Harvard would say, yes, this is wrong. You know, we have a lot of students here. They say a lot of things, but obviously it's wrong. But she didn't feel that she could say that. And so I thought that's, to me, the headline. And it, then you know, that they try to hide behind the argument of freedom of speech. And we know that's not the case because these people are not for freedom of speech for everyone. It's just freedom of speech well, that, for that's, some. Well, that's the whole thing. If, if I go on a Harvard campus and I say there are only two sexes, men and women, and men cannot become women and women cannot become men— they would shut that down in a second because they don't believe in free speech. They believe in their version of it, their campus code. And so, yeah, you're saying that they, I mean, it's so fascinating that they would hide behind free speech, which is something they don't believe in. You know, it's kind of like the, the Hamas hiding behind civilians. It's ugly. Everyone sees it. And I think that maybe one of the positive things that I see coming out of all of this wickedness 
is many people are seeing the truth. They had never seen it before. Many, you know, Jewish uh, philanthropists are saying, I will not give a penny to these wicked institutions. I was foolish to give them money in the past. Now I see that uh, they don't have, they don't believe in the most fundamental things. They're unwilling to say it. So I will take my money away. That thrills me that uh, Ackerman taking his money out of Harvard. This is good news. This is good news. And it's so important. And you mentioning the truth. I'll just say this. I I know we're short on time. Um, When the dust settles on this war, more of the truth will come out and people will see how Israel handled itself in this war. The worst trauma, the worst atrocity to the Jewish people since the Holocaust. Tal Heinrich, thank you so much. Thank you, Eric. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.